0: This is the Volleyball Video Dads Podcast. With four guys who don't have all the answers, but do have a lot of opinions.
1: The four of us have uh, found each other. <laughs> <It's volleyball>. <laughs> <laughs> all the BD. <VV>. Yeah. <laughs> and there it is. It didn't take long.
0: For the video yeah. dad, it's like, hey, I'm, that's my spot. Yeah, i need you to move that dad.
1: Yeah. So you want know, throw me out here? <laughs> And picked
2: me in go. and now that
1: stray dog is turned into a beautiful scene. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another welcome.
3: Video i
1: thought <laughs> <laughs> Didn't didn't think about that one
4: before. <laughs> <laughs> you like it? Yeah, like you look it looks good. You look like it's, a DJ. <laughs> 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 you fucking everybody. It's,
2: Another... Get the techno music going, man! Yeah, yeah. yeah drop some beats for us.
4: We can have some fun tonight. Yes, sir. We
1: are we are four dads with a lot of opinions tonight, and we're going to be talking about some cool stuff tonight. So I'm I'm really excited to uh, get into this 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 episode. Uh, but before we do that, uh, how's everybody doing?
4: Good, man. Good to be doing back. Great. Yeah. Club is. season is almost here. Yes, it is. I'm yes. super back. excited about club season this year.
1: High, high school season is over. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, we well, had. a – I was going to say we had. Not you. You guys are. Not, still... I mean,
2: well, for if you're talking like overall, there's still local teams that are still playing. Obviously, yeah. You guys are still in no, section. Our right? high school. They're done. Well, the one that we will eventually go to, they're done. But um, there's still plenty of other high schools that are. That so are local you guys have an
1: state it. championships in Texas, correct?
2: Uh, no, history wise, don't get me the line. I couldn't tell you. Uh, <laughs> history, I can tell you about a couple of teams, but uh, again, like I said, I'm not from no, but I mean, United is it going route? on
1: right now? Is it
2: still- yeah? Uh, not the it's still they haven't made it to state yet, so there's still regionals going on, Got it. yeah. Um, so but as yeah. far as like our personal high school, the one that we would attend, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, they they lost to a, another local team yesterday Got in it. the regional. Quarterfinal? Correct me, Jim. Right?
0: Yeah, you got me, man.
1: We'll call it regional quarterfinals. We'll call it regional quarterfinals. And then, and then there... regional
2: quarterfinals, I think, uh, was played. And uh, so there should be one or two more games before they go to state. So. Awesome. Going bro. good. How many, uh, Going for good. Texas,
1: how many how many get to go to state? Do you guys know? Just out of curiosity. Ooh, I, I, I haven't got a gotten, clue. Because well, I haven't made it the high school ball yet. Three. so Yeah. Wisconsin, there's eight. So out of 252 I, teams, I think, that's division one through I four. I think one per region.
2: Wouldn't that make sense? I think I, that's I how you get the best. I'm going to do some <laughs> research on
1: that. I'll do some research. I we have that. somebody that knows this. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have we, some opinions. Yeah. yeah I got, got a opinion. lot of opinions. I think it's great. I think it's great. <laughs> we had uh, so I had the uh, the, the uh, privilege to be able to go with the uh, local team that we have here, uh, who won state last year uh, and went with a thirty-seven and one record into state this year. Uh, went to the finals and it was a five-set match. It was, was the best volleyball I have ever seen, ever ever seen. It was awesome. Wow.
2: And you got and, years too, man.
1: What's that? You mean yeah. you, you mean in person?
2: Members.
0: Because that Nebraska-Wisconsin national championship yeah, match was yes.
1: this was pretty pretty amazing. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> you know, they were down. They were down. They lost the first two sets, and they came back and won the second two sets, and then they traded points for the last. It was, it was awesome. Places wow. yeah. loud. Good. It was good stuff. It was good. I mean, they lost. They lost in the end, but by a point or two points. But no shame still, in that. Yeah, not at great, all, man. Great outing, lot, great show, sure. and I got a lot of good footage too. So, hey, hey guys, I'm, I'm curious, what's with the hats?
2: I, I didn't. Why are you wearing a hat? Uh,
4: well, I, just, I thought I just... all of you were spying on me when I got ready for the show. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm it curious. It's weird. We're all it's videoing. Me. Right. Are you all videoing me in my house? I'm.
1: <laughs> you, you look a lot different when you're sleeping.
4: Yeah. <laughs> no, uh, i forgot why you wore the hat when you're sleeping I appreciate, I
1: appreciate the
2: idea i got from you though. yeah, yeah. it does, <laughs> it does, it does all right uh,
1: so wh- why why are we wearing the hats guys where, where yeah, does, so what
0: is uh it I, I think we have a very special guest you the lady in the red hat mm-hmm. miss volleyball recruiter herself yes kara
1: hill I'm gonna,
4: yes. Right hey, kara. Hey. I'm gonna bring her on
1: right now here she is
4: hey kara hey
1: there we go you so,
3: guys are looking pretty good
0: hey thanks Thank I, don't you. know, I don't know you're you're making that hat look a lot better than we do yes yeah
3: I'm i look curious. terrible did you get it off amazon
1: what gave it away <laughs>
3: Cause I, cause I have that because there's only so many places that you can buy a red hat so no. you have, to
4: look. No. <laughs> sure it. You have.
3: i have that hat
4: Ooh, nice Yep, they they actually have a variety of
0: different 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 bands. Yeah,
3: Yeah. I have some that have leopard underneath and oh, so you can like accessorize this thing. You you can you could definitely do that. I got uh, some
2: with charms on them.
3: No, but it's it's hard finding. It's really hard like finding them. Every if if I walk into a department store though and they have a red hat, I
4: buy it. so
1: how many do you own? Oh. Um, about thirty. Oh my! Wow. Ooh, yeah. Nice. Wow.
3: That's so that's like
0: Dan's shoe collection.
2: Yeah. Come on. How <laughs> about branding. Well, I do want to it's say mine is 30, collectors. Right? Mine is like a collector's edition. So I mean, I'd sell it to you, but it might cost. A little bit. <laughs> <Travelle>. <laughs> <laughs> Does decided.
0: it come with the beats?
2: All jokes. All
0: jokes. Yeah. So Kara, how how did you start with the red hat?
3: Um, it's a really good question. I, uh, uh, several years ago, I was, um, it was my birthday. My mom took me shopping for my birthday and bought me a white fedora that I wore actually at a recruiting event that I was hosting at Mizuno Long Beach here in Southern California. So it was Memorial Day weekend. I was hosting a recruiting showcase at Mizuno Long Beach and I wore a white Fedora to actually run the event. And I had a lot of compliments, which was nice. Uh, the next day there was a qualifier and I went to the event and I had, I'm not kidding, like 25 or more people ask me where the hat was. So I knew <laughs> instantly at that moment that there was something there. I never... I don't coach. I've never coached. I don't put myself out there as a coach. I don't want to look like a coach. Mm -hmm. Um, so I never did the polo with the logo thing that just wasn't Mm -hmm. really my style and the hat really fit. So initially when I got started, I wore a lot of different hats and then Mm -hmm. the red hat kind of stuck. Um, I wore it once and then, That was kind of that. Everyone's like, I could see your red hat, like everywhere in the convention center. And so it became the thing. So, and then coaches knew who I was and Mm -hmm. it just, it just made it easier. So yeah, now I look like I'm going to a funeral about every day of my life. My wardrobe is black (laughs) with a red hat when I'm going to a volleyball event. So
4: Nice. That's awesome. It's, so you said you uh, have 30 on brand, right?
2: Mm-hmm. You,
4: you said that you have 30. Do you buy them because you just like the different styles or do you just wear them so often that they, you know, lose their shape or whatever?
3: Um, I've had some that have lost shape. And so I'll toss those out. Some are more expensive than others. The ones that you all are wearing, as you know, are like 10 bucks, 15 bucks or something like super disposable. So Yes. Those aren't really a big deal, but I have some that are a lot more than that. That mm-hmm. I typically bring in a hat box and have the hat box right. in my suitcase. Oh wow, nice! So yeah, so it depends how long I'm on the road for. Yeah, that makes
1: mm-hmm. sense. So we we had a lot of we, a lot of buzz when we started pushing this out on social media, but there was also a lot of people that didn't know. Kara Hill is and what the significance of the Red Head is. Could you give our audience a little bit of a rundown on who you are, what you do for the volleyball industry?
3: Yeah. So my name is Kara Hill. Most people know me as V Ball Recruiter over Kara Hill at this point, but I have developed a brand as V Ball Recruiter. I originally started owning a recruiting service. I started a college recruiting service called My Recruiting Solutions based here in Southern California. And that was um, about 12 and a half years ago that I actually got started. And over the course of the last 12 and a half years, I have helped a lot of athletes navigate through this college volleyball recruiting process. I've expanded my team. And so there are A team of us that actually uh, create content for athletes and we run a media site called V-Ball Recruiter uh, where this week you can see we're featuring players to watch in this 2023 club season. So that's really hot on my Insta account right now where we're featuring athletes from the 2023 all the way down to the 2028 recruiting classes that we're following and tracking throughout the club season. And so my team and I go into the gym and depending on the department, if you will, I have Coach Sam that's been with me for the last five years. She's our lead recruiting coordinator and helps the athletes through the college recruiting process. Um, She provides step-by-step guidance counseling and actually leverages her relationships with college coaches to advocate for players. And so when we get in the gym, we're talking to coaches and we want to know what their recruiting needs are um, and really where athletes might be on their radar. You know, are they in the A group? Are they in the B group? Does it make sense to make the investment to go to a certain camp or to get on campus? So those are kind of the questions that she's really focused on to be able to better help families understand where they are and really navigate the journey. So we prepare for, help them prepare for phone calls. We help them with their emails. We also help them with their social media content and helping them understand how to run a campaign on social at this point as well. So they're not just focusing on running an email marketing campaign. They're now focused on using social media in a, in a very intentional way that creates exposure 365 days a year. And that's more my end of things where now at this point I have um, multiple people that are involved on that angle. And so we work with the athletes uh, meeting with them pretty constantly to help them with creating content and really putting them in the driver's seat of their recruiting process. Instead of just relying on an email to get into a college coach's inbox, and waiting to see if they, you know, open or click on the video. There's other ways that you can be way more impactful. And so we teach those uh, systems or processes, if you will, to help them understand, you know, how to build a brand mm-hmm. if they're wanting to go down the name, image, and likeness route, um, or even just trying to get recruited and getting way more exposure, you know, based on wherever their team's going playtime issues all that kind of stuff there's a lot of things you can do there
0: that's I, i'm really glad you mentioned that and that was one of the questions i had for you was this your service and the branding is it primarily intended intended for recruiting or was it also for you know kind of social media development other career development uh, out, you know using leveraging sport to build that second career
3: yeah, so it depends on the athlete. There are some that we're working with that are very interested in wanting to really build a path to monetize prior to getting to whatever institution they're going to get recruited at. So, um, you know, for athletes that are going to go play at the highest level, that would be at a Texas or a Nebraska or a Wisconsin. You know, for athletes that we work with, you know, that are going down that path, for example, we're focused on putting a game plan in place so that they have a way to monetize by the time that they get there. Um, They need, you know, not, I don't really believe in a business plan, but um, having something, whatever that's going to be. So if they're passionate about You know nutrition for example i have somebody right now that's very passionate about nutrition and is thinking about being a nutritionist and and doing the athletic training route and wanting to be a trainer working on building her brand now showing that she's committed to living a certain lifestyle meal planning things of that nature so once she gets to where she ends up going she has a place to point the fan base because you have four to five years once you're Once you get into the institution and you're wearing that Jersey, you've got four to five years to really capitalize on that opportunity. And after that, you kind of become irrelevant unless you go off and you have a pro career or you're doing something. And so my message to these young women is to build a culture or build a community around your talents and be able to leverage that community for whatever is next. Uh, and that's the focus of our, our plan for athletes that are interested in that. Not everybody is interested in that. Yeah. You know, some are just wanting to get recruited, but the ones that are serious about, you know, wanting to have that next thing, we, we are very much exploring different things that they're passionate about that they would be able to monetize on.
0: That's fantastic. So, yeah. So do you then continue working with them through college? Yes. Oh, that's cool.
3: Yeah. So helping them put together a deck right? So with there's a lot of software platforms that are out there helping connect athletes to various brands and they can do Mm -hmm. brand deals um, through these software platforms. However, if you're looking for a bigger deal and a bigger fish, you've got to have a deck. And that's what we work on developing with them. And so-
1: Sorry to bother. Sorry to interrupt. When you say a deck, you mean like a media deck?
3: Yeah. Okay. Uh, like a PowerPoint, if you will, that has you know results. It's got screenshots of what you have, um, what you have done for various brands. And certainly, when you're getting started, you're not necessarily going to do any sort of paid partnerships necessarily. But creating content for brands that you want to attract and then showing your results. Uh, What are your analytics that come from that post and how much engagement are you getting? That's what brands are interested in when they're investing. So those are the kinds of things that we're trying to help the athletes do to put them in the best position possible to leverage and and get the best deal.
1: So when do you suggest people start this process? Is, it, is there a point where it's too late to start it or are you, are we talking like U 12 or and, and the little ones?
3: The younger the better. Yeah.
1: Mm.
2: So when you say younger the better, like what would be a good age group to say, if you haven't started at this point, now's a good time.
3: My daughter is 8. Oh. And we <laughs> have already begun.
0: So... So that's nope. a. So we don't let my daughter have, well, let her. We've talked about having social media and her involvement on there. She doesn't have her own social media, mm-hmm. but we run, or I run an Instagram mm-hmm. page for her. Um, and obviously, the four of us are the volleyball video yeah. dad. So we also do highlight and hype reel type stuff for our girls and as well as our teams. Um, so do you have an age where, Maybe the parents would work with you, or would even the parents on their own would run that mm-hmm. page, and then there's a spot where the kids transition into being more active with it.
3: Yeah, you know, every so every family has a different comfort level with what they want to do. Mm-hmm, we,
2: absolutely.
3: <laughs> we um we explain to the girls that we feel more comfortable when the parents have access to the account and are actually controlling the account because there's a lot of um, questionable characters that are interested in not so nice things about these young girls. So I think, you know, having having involvement is really, really important Um, and having access so you can monitor everything. When it comes to... How we work with athletes and the families. Every every kid is different.
2: Yeah, Some
3: sure. are like super into this. Like I have a couple that are really into creating content. Love to be in front of the camera. You know, are all about it. And my daughter's that way. She is more of a ham. She makes TikTok videos. <laughs> Her friend is just super obsessed. And so for her, it's natural for her to be in front of the camera. One of the challenges with getting started, if you have a player that's on the shyer side, we talk about ways to, ways to create highlights and create content for that player that highlights them, but maybe Highlights them in a more modest way where they're doing shout outs to their teammates, to their club, to their coaches, and finding ways to incorporate them in the content without having to make them the center of attention. So everybody's everybody's different, but you can come up with a unique style based on the personality um, of the of the player that you're trying to work with.
1: Is there a platform that you would recommend for volleyball parents to get their kids involved in? I mean, there's a lot of them out there. I mean, would it be?
3: Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter are the three most important and most powerful platforms right now for recruiting, for building a brand, all of the above. Like, those are the three that you should absolutely be on.
2: So on those three, um, would you rec- is there a way that you would suggest separating the type of content you put on any one of those individual platforms, or would you suggest putting the same content on across all platforms? Using like the same budget? content, the same yeah, video
1: over three platforms is that what you're saying, Travel
2: Yeah, yeah. Like, would you make like specific content for Instagram, like videos or stuff like that, and would you do something different on Twitter that you wouldn't do on Instagram and same thing for TikTok for, uh, would you make, would you do content differently on TikTok because of the platform compared to what you do on Twitter and Instagram?
3: Yes. You make content that's native to the platform. You have to put yourself in the person's shoes. That's really on the content, you know, on the platform. When we go to TikTok, we're going there to be entertained
2: Mm
3: -hmm. and So the content that you are putting out needs to be entertaining. Um, The things that you can do with video highlights on these platforms is different than what I would recommend that you're putting out on YouTube and sending an email to a college coach. You're doing things that are for engagement and for interest. And so Mm
2: -hmm.
3: there are... Definitely different ways to film um, and then to break down the video and then to use that same, you can use the same color of content and you can use it across different social platforms, but the absolute worst thing that you could do is create a post on TikTok and then share that same watermarked video onto Instagram Reels. Yeah. So like your account wow. will be punished for doing that.
0: Yeah, those uh, that, that was a great call out because those um, platforms, uh, Facebook is the same, right? They will demote or you know suppress, if you will, mm-hmm. content that's linked from an external site. So like you said, you that's have to you do too. what's native. Yeah
1: platform, gotcha. yeah. and it's funny ah. it's funny you say that now because i'm finding posting a lot of short form content across you can see the ones that you copy and drop from like tiktok or instagram mm-hmm. or the other ones and i've done a lot of testing on that you can see it over this last week which ones are the the ones that are i upload straight from uh, from to the website from my phone mm-hmm. or from my it gets it gets more it gets more views right off the bat versus the ones that I take off of TikTok and put on to let's say Instagram or vice versa. Yeah,
2: yeah I think I've so, experienced some of the same. So um yeah, that's a good tip for me because I know I've done that one or two times where it doesn't quite what I'm using the original post like for one of the platforms either it won't upload it or it says that it's Cop, music's copyrighted or something like that, so uh, I've done something similar to what you're saying, Dan, and uh-huh. uh, you know. And, but that goes to what kind of what Kara's saying is is making that content native to that platform, yep. which kind of could help alleviate all of that actually.
1: It's more work though.
2: It is, but in the end, I think it's worth it. And so that's
0: what that's what Kara comes in right. I, that's what I was gonna say. That's what yeah. Kara's
2: for. Get you a I Kara. Mean- hey.
0: So um, it, it reminds me, I, I'm big into like uh, YouTube metrics and I follow a lot mm-hmm. of people and, and uh, like Think Media. I'm sure you've you probably heard of them on YouTube, right? Uh, a lot of their, their ranking academy. Uh, so I love learning about the algorithms and how those things track. Um, your, your team, your company sounds a lot, almost like a, a channel manager uh, for uh, YouTube talent, but obviously you're, you're probably brand management would be closer, but not not describing you entirely because you do a lot more than just brand management.
3: Mm hmm. It it all depends on the particular athlete and their buy in to the process. Like I said, some are more engaged and interested than others. We figure it out really quick. And as soon as we figure out who's bought in and all in, then you're paying a lot of attention to everything that it is that they're creating and that they're doing. And we're um, really helping to inspire and motivate that that athlete. Some athletes kind of think from the get-go that they want to do it and then they start doing it and they start spending. I mean, this takes a lot of time. And so there has to be an interest to really do it. Our program supports whatever the athlete is looking for. If the athlete wants to go all in. Awesome. We're going to go all in. If the athlete's like, look, I'm just using this to get recruited. I really don't even want to be the center of attention on here. I'm a little bit more shy then we're creating a strategy around that all to help them get recruited first so the first thing you're doing is creating visibility and exposure because the goal is hopefully to play in college Mm -hmm. some are wanting to use volleyball as a leg up to get into a top academic school some are wanting to uh, just play at the next level and some are wanting to play at the highest level that they can and so we create a strategy based on their academic, athletic, social, geographic, financial goals and we create a strategy based on what their buy-in is and we've had a 100% success rate in the last 12 and a half years I've been doing this all of our kids have had multiple wow. offers to play at the next level um, you know and it's it, part of part of what makes us good is really, really trying to understand what the goals are with the family and Mm -hmm. ensuring that we're providing the necessary support to help them reach that goal. So we don't push, we don't push brand building. If you're not into it, that's okay. You're not going to do it. I'm not going to convince you to do it. Like, we want you to do what you're comfortable with and create a strategy around that. We can be successful no matter what it is that your buy-in is. Some are super yes. enthused and some are less. Do
2: you so think it's important you- for them to know which direction they want to go before they get started? Or do you think they just kind of jump into it and figure it out as they go?
3: When you, which are you referring to? Uh,
2: like if they don't want like if they're a shyer person, or if there's somebody that is more outspoken, is, is it important for them to know that before they get started on the journey? Or should they just kind of jump into it and figure it out as they go and they either dial up or turn back what it is that they actually are?
3: I think, you, I think you know from the get-go where your child's at. I think you know if you've got a ham or... <laughs> If you've got somebody that's like not into it, I would not suggest pushing this on anybody that doesn't want it because mm-hmm. if you're good at content creation, you know, things can go viral. And I have a video that I posted last week that has 18 million, almost 19 million views on it.
2: Wow, that's that. awesome.
3: So, you know, things can, things can happen. You really want to do what your athlete is comfortable with. And so as they start, they may find, hey, I kind of like being behind the camera. I find that for some athletes, there's this fear of what people are going to think, which I tell them, if they're not paying your bills, you shouldn't care less what anybody thinks. You need to do what you are comfortable doing. And if that means you want to get out there and you want to create content and You know, you want to find that passion and this is what you want to do. Awesome. More power to you. You know, have empathy for the people that are trying to tear you down in your social posts and block them and delete them and call it a day. But I have empathy for people that attack. And it's like if you have that much time on your hands that you're going to spend time attacking, it's I'm sorry. I feel I feel empathetic that that's where you're at in life.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that's—I I don't know about the other guys, but that's one of the reasons I'm very cautious um, about the social media engagement, and the activity, and I love—I love what you said about you know making sure that the players know and that it's important for the parents to have ability to access and possibly filter um, or, control. You, or, or control or control, yeah,
3: control it. Mm-hmm.
0: Do you? And this is probably another one that's dependent on the player, but do you recommend that the players keep their volleyball aspects separate from their, their personal activities?
3: Absolutely.
0: Good
2: question. Good question.
3: Absolutely not.
1: Transparency is key.
3: Um, You, so if you're trying to build, it depends on the athlete in terms of what the goals are. If they're trying to build a brand and they're wanting to monetize on that brand, then directing all of the eyes onto one account is crucial because brands that do business with the athlete want access to their whole fan base not to a segmented fan base for a lot of these athletes their volleyball accounts are nothing compared to their personal accounts Personal accounts are way more interesting and usually have a much stronger following. So if you're serious about wanting to monetize on a brand, then you need to be building a brand and not be segmenting your audience.
0: Hmm. Interesting. So if you were more focused on recruiting, then maybe you would isolate your volleyball uh, activity
2: on social media.
3: You could, but But maybe not investigate you anyway
2: Mm -hmm. yeah so at least this way you're kind of like somebody said a second ago you're transparent on front so they get to see you in volleyball form but then they also get to see who you are outside of volleyball which is just as important
3: and way more interesting Mm -hmm. yeah it gives so when you have your content out and college coaches are able to find you and review your content. It really helps to break the ice in conversation. I recommend that athletes are looking at college coaches, Twitter's account, Twitter accounts and Instagram accounts prior to getting on a call with them. So they can kind of get a feel for who they might be. Sometimes there's interviews on there, but you can see how they celebrate the athletes on their roster and really help to prepare before you get on a call with a college coach. Mm-hmm. And the same goes for the college coach you know if they're trying to if especially if you're somebody that's a a top recruit for them if you're somebody that they're prioritizing they want to get to know you they want to build that relationship they want to know who they're bringing into their program because their culture is so important and so by giving them insight as to who you are as a person outside of volleyball you're also either helping your case with a certain college coach or you may have a coach that's turned off by you. But what I can tell you is that if they're turned off by your content and you 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 know make it available, when one door closes another one opens. Like mm-hmm. you don't have to worry if you're not a fit based on your social, then you're not going to be a fit when you get there. So no matter yeah how great the conversations are as you're going through the recruiting process the reality is that when you get there if they didn't like who you are on social they probably aren't going to like who you are as a person which means you're probably going to enter the transfer portal anyway that's a
0: good point yeah
2: yeah that's a good point
0: yeah so i'm really fascinated about how how you utilize and leverage the social aspect of things because again being the video parents uh we hear all the time about the type of video content you would send to a coach for recruiting, you know, 90 seconds, two minutes at tops, you know, it's highlight the most important skills first, et cetera, et cetera. And so can you you can contrast that for us about those videos versus the social aspect of uh, things and how Mm. they, how they work together and, but work differently.
3: Well, the content that you're creating on social is meant for engagement. It's not necessarily highlights for recruiting. It helps with your recruiting and those highlights can make an impact. But the reality is when the audience is on Instagram, you know, you're sneaking into that coach's life, whatever. So you have to think about it. What, what is the mindset of the coach that's on Instagram? Right. And when they're on Instagram, they're on their, you know, searching through, just like all of us, right? Mm -hmm. Our mindsets Mm -hmm. are different on each platform. So if you're going to get somebody's attention, your content that you're posting is meant for attention. There's some things that can be interesting that help you stand out that, you know, would you do slow motion video in your highlight reel that you're putting out on YouTube and emailing? I wouldn't recommend it but could you do it on your social post because it is more interesting and provides something different to you know the audience the post that i got that has over 18 million views from last week is slow motion so there there are ways to create engagement and interest and in return that can stop a coach out of their tracks to investigate you further, figure out if they want to follow you, if they want to learn more about you. So how you set up your accounts is just as important as the content that you're putting out. Vertical video is by far the absolute most important thing in this like current marketplace. The families that are getting on and they're creating highlights and they're posting it like this and they're sharing their video highlights on Instagram and your kid looks like an aunt, you're getting 19 likes and 19 views because your content's not very good.
4: Mm -hmm.
3: And you need to think like a content creator. And if you want to get somebody's attention, posting highlights, great. Grandma and maybe Uncle Joe can see your highlights and maybe the five friends that care. But if mm-hmm. you're trying to do this for recruiting and for visibility, then you need to educate yourself about what you're doing. Yeah.
2: So yeah. Would, would how much would you say quality of video content plays in, as far as factors into the video? Should they look at investing in a higher quality um, avenue or is using just the phone, like you said, going to be relevant enough to catch somebody's attention? Your phone's the only thing that matters. Hmm. Uh, Ouch! (laughs) (laughs)
3: Yes,
2: it's good. It's good for uh, it's good for it's good for them to know, though. I mean, because there's different ways to be able to to kind of navigate and do this, right? You don't have to do um, go high end, which makes it good for people that you know that maybe don't have the means. But if they've got a, like you said, if they've got a phone that you've got all you need to be able to create that content for that athlete. So I think it's good to, to, for, for people to hear that as well.
4: Yeah. When Kara, whenever you talk about coaches, you know, scrolling Instagram, TikTok, whatever, and something just shows up in their feed are coaches, I guess I have a two part question. Are, Are coaches searching specific hashtags where this content shows up or are they just, scrolling you know as they're getting ready for bed or just lounging on the couch or are they just scrolling and all of a sudden the content pops up what what are coaches looking for when this stuff shows up for them
3: so on Instagram for example you no longer have to use hashtags for your content to be searchable that that update was put into effect in August and so now any content that's posted where you have any sort of long form, like what you detail out in the post is actually really important to making your content discoverable. So hashtags are actually less important when it comes to Instagram in particular. Um, When coaches go on Instagram, are they searching for athletes? They could be, but they could just be getting on to get their updates and then stumble on them every coach is different some coaches love social media some coaches hate social media <laughs> some go on and voyeur and they don't have any posts and they don't have any sort of engagement but they'll go on and they will search especially for athletes that they're recruiting they will go on and just see what they can find mm-hmm. that's especially important as they're getting close to making a decision on whether or not they want you for their program. So they could be going on to search. Um, I don't really look at it that way. I want to have an athlete or my own content sneak into every... I want everybody to see my content. I want everyone to see my players' content. So you, you, you make content that's good enough, that ends up being shared, that ends up being interesting enough that they can't avoid not seeing it. There's Mm -hmm. even ways to run advertising to specific college coaches that you want to run ads against to make sure that they see your content. Mm. Nice.
0: (laughs) How many uh, clients, how many athletes do you generally work with year over year?
3: About 200. 200.
0: That's we're, we're not,
3: we're not like, like an NCSA is into the thousands. We don't do that. We're more yeah. of a boutique. We don't take everybody on either. So we do a lot of consults. I'm really passionate about educating families and sharing, you know, tips and insight on how to navigate the process on your own. Um, we're, I'm not really big in sales. It's not really been my thing. I'm really passionate about educating. And when families get on, if it's a good fit, if I feel like they're a good fit for our program and, you know, they're a good fit for us, we're a good fit for them, then I'll present the services and I'll send the financial agreement. But I would say out of the meetings that I do in a week, there aren't that many that we present our services to.
2: Interesting. What are your age ranges for the, um, the the players that you currently have out of the 200?
3: Eighth grade to college transfers. Okay,
2: so the, that big wide array.
3: The eighth graders are the legit top, like the only kids that we're interested in taking on at that age are seriously talented, playing mm-hmm. in the open division, hitting enough events that it makes sense for the investment and, and then it makes sense for them to get started. Um, so it's it's not for every, like we don't we don't take every eighth grader on. A lot of times I'll get on and I'll do like an early call with somebody and then say like, hey, we'll, we'll check in with you in a year from now. And if I see you at a tournament, you know, awesome. But we'll check in and just kind of see how you've developed over the course of the year and then get you started. We like starting freshman year. Just because there's only so much time and that's the biggest thing. So even if somebody has all the money in the world, right, there's still a time constraint where, you know, some of you are in Texas. Holy cow. Like you guys play every day of the year. Like there is no off time at this point. Mm-hmm. In some, in some parts of the year, you're playing yeah. high school and club at the same time. It's like crazy town. Yeah. <laughs> so, when you start thinking about those, you know, those weekends that you have potentially available or the vacation time off, you, you want to take advantage of whatever time you have to be able to get on college campuses and see what your kid likes. Do they, you know, do they want a big school? Do they want a small school? Is it realistic? Can they actually play in a big school or should they be looking at club volleyball in a big school? Those are all the things that we start to, you know, talk about as they go through the process.
4: So, we, you know, we're obviously the volleyball dad, so we, we try to take a parent's perspective on a lot of our uh, discussions that we have. Can you give maybe a couple of things that, you know, parents do well that help their kids through this branding and recruiting process and maybe even a couple of things where parents really get in the way and maybe mess it up for them. Do you have any examples you could share?
3: When it comes to filming and branding, recruiting, there are lots of ways that parents screw up. So (laughs) be specific. (laughs)
1: Um, I don't know. Uh, Let's start with the branding.
3: yeah,
1: branding. Yeah.
3: Branding, it could be how you are filming um you know you could be putting out highlights that don't truly really highlight your kid where you think that this great dive that they have where they get this ball up is fantastic and any college coach is looking at the video like you could have taken two extra steps and gotten to that ball and that play really sucks and mm. you're So from a video perspective, there's things that are not technically sound that aren't necessarily, necessarily in their best interest to be putting out as highlights. That's one aspect.
1: So I have a question before you move forward Mm -hmm. in a situation like that, where you as a parent think that this is the the best, the best play ever. This, this is going to get all the coaches eyeballs. If, if we went through V ball recruiter, does that, do the videos go past you guys or you're just educating us on that's not a good, that's not a good player. And how does like, how does your service help that situation?
3: We manage all your video editing. So
2: okay. you choose what makes, what gets posted and what doesn't.
3: We have college coaches that are all behind the scenes, like former college coaches, former college players, um, club coaches that are all behind the scenes that help to manage your video editing. There isn't, you're yeah. not doing that on your own. You're filming and you're uploading to our Dropbox. We have multiple Dropboxes depending on the type of content, but um, you're filming and you're uploading the video and our team is um, creating the, hot, the content and then sending you captions and song suggestions and things of that nature to actually tune it to when you actually go to post. Got it. Mm-hmm. So that's one aspect that families can, you know, make some, make some mistakes when they're, you know, creating their own content. Um, Another, uh, screaming um, in the camera and not necessarily editing that part out is another way Body language at a tournament is another way to get your kid eliminated off somebody's list, um, depending Mm. on how you interact with your athlete at a tournament and whether you're making the coach feel uncomfortable with how you're communicating to them or to the coach. If they see you getting engaged with the coach and interacting um, in a hostile fashion, they will cross you off the list. And I promise you they will tell everybody and their mother at the bar that night, what the Ooh. engagement and the interaction was, yeah. when they saw you um, yeah. yelling at the refs. Like there are certain things that college coaches are really attuned to that are like, uh, uh-uh. like we're not, we're not tolerating it. Because if you, if you behave that way at an event, they are concerned that A, you could behave like that in a college match and
2: mm.
3: it could impact the, the team or um, the program. And the other thing is, what are you doing behind the scenes? Are you the parent that's going to email the athletic director and try and get me fired?
0: Ooh. Wow. Yeah, I, I have definitely seen excellent athletes kicked off of teams because of parent behavior, not Ooh. anything that the kid did but just how that parent behaved.
1: Yeah. Is, that a, is that a thing, Kara? Is, do, do college coaches and recruiters look at the parents' actions as well?
3: A hundred percent, especially yeah. this day and age. There are college coaches that lose their jobs all of the time because coaches or parents get involved and they reach out to the athletic director and they are relentless about getting the coach fired and they'll create a lot of drama within the team with other parents. They'll get other people fired up and they'll do everything they can to take that person down. Ooh. Yeah.
0: I don't have that kind of time.
4: I don't know about the rest yeah, of it. That seems
2: yeah. very tiring, man. It really does.
4: Yeah. No kidding. I actually saw a uh, interview a couple of weeks ago. Um, I'm from Arkansas. So, you know, I follow the Razorbacks. And obviously it's football season right now but Sam Pittman the head coach was giving an interview post game interview and one of the journalists asked a question hey what why did you recruit this this one player his response was his parents I recruited him because of his parents He didn't talk about his skill didn't talk about his academics didn't talk about anything else he said, I liked his parents I really liked his parents <laughs> I thought that was amazing to hear a coach Post game interview, you talk uh, about yeah. I recruited the guy because of his parents. I think it speaks to everything that you're saying, Kara, about parents play a huge piece of that. You know, the whole behavior piece at tournaments and things. I, I, we've all seen crazy stuff, you know, happen at, at tournaments. You know, people get in fights because you know people won't get out of their chair
3: or <laughs> whatnot.
4: And uh, I, I think it's huge. I, I really appreciate you saying that. That parent behavior really impacts a kid's ability to get recruited.
3: Yeah. Well, I'll only add one thing to that. And that is, you never know who's watching. Mm -hmm. There are college coaches that have young children that are playing. So even fourth graders, fifth graders, sixth graders, you could be in the gym and you've got a college coach that's in there that has an athlete that's playing. And usually they try and keep to themselves Um, I know some college coaches don't, they, they tend to distance themselves a bit from the families and don't necessarily want to, you know, build those connections, but then there's other athletes that, um, you know, other parents who may have played in college that are super close friends with college Mm coaches, our volleyball community, volleyball is a lifestyle sport. And so the diehards that are coaching, um, Tend to stay in close contact with former teammates. And, you know, it's a, it's a, even though it's a really big community, it's also a really small community. And so I can't tell you how many times I've, you know, talked to families that are friends with certain college coaches and they will ask those parents questions about certain players in the gym, especially during the quiet period or the dead period when they're not able to get in the gym and do any recruiting. That doesn't mean that they don't have somebody else that's like, oh, hey, you know, by the way, I caught so-and-so, and holy, yeah. you know, that parent is insane. Like, that kind of stuff happens all the time. You just never know who's watching. You're always yeah. on a stage.
0: Keep that in yeah. mind, boys.
2: Yeah. I mean, <laughs> so, I mean I'm for, always for, for everybody, because, and, and so, like, what would you, what would be your biggest tip on avoiding issues like that for parents who are let's say they decide to make this jump into the whole um, athlete branding deal with their kid or their athlete. What is, what would be your number one advice to keep any of the negative um, things that might come from parent behavior?
3: Well, um, I think first, you know, figuring out if your kid's really all about this and they really want to either be recruited or build a brand making sure that it's being led by them that they actually want this that you're not doing it for them that they actually are are bought in and want to you know go through this journey and this process because you you won't be able to convince them they'll have to make that they'll have to make that decision themselves um, so i think the biggest thing is just making sure like are they are they enjoying the game are they you know, are they really wanting this? And and not not to say that, you know, when they have a bad day or they have a bad practice and they get in the gym and they're like, gosh, I just I suck, I'm not playing very well or I can't do this. That doesn't mean you know, just say, well, let's give up and let's go do something else. I think I think there's certain you know um, ways that you could be very encouraging and you know allow them to vent. But as you're allowing them to vent, I would say. Listening and really listening to them, Um, not necessarily offering solutions right away, just allowing them to talk and then being very careful with your words, because a lot of times when it's our kids, you know, there's times that we react emotionally, but just understanding there's always two sides to every story. There's perspective that, you know, is certainly needed when kids are frustrated and getting in the car on the ride home from tournaments and things of that nature. So I think just, you know, being a good listener and allowing them to vent and being really encouraging like, Hey, it's a bad day, but guess what? Tomorrow, you know, you're going to wake up tomorrow and we got a whole new day and we're going to put one foot in front of the other. Um, I think those are the ways that you can, you know, avoid, running into major issues is doing it for the right reasons maybe
0: yeah and carry out of curiosity so two questions one was uh you've mentioned athletes so you haven't been specific with boys or girls do you what percentage do you have split between the two?
3: Oh no you? i only work with girls oh yeah.
0: okay oh All right. i was looking at your i was looking at your website
3: I... oh because there's a so there's a guy kevin pratt who is a writer on the boys side
2: Uh and
3: he is a writer and a um, college recruiting coordinator and he is starting his own business. And so I'm been mentoring Kevin and been doing everything I can to support him and his efforts and do what I can. I love, I love volleyball. I love our community. So any way that we can grow the game and grow the effort like is awesome. So, um, it was a cool way for him to kind of dip his toes into starting his own recruiting business. And I'm like, Hey, more power to you. Like I'm happy to help you out. So yeah, yeah that's
0: great. Boys boys volleyball is, is a whole different sport. Dan got to watch some at, oh, yeah. at state in Wisconsin this past week.
1: Yeah, it's, yeah, they're
2: it's, totally it's,
0: fun. Girls.
1: it's insane. It, there's so uh, much, there's so many more levels of know <laughs> that you can do with boys and else. Yeah, and, and Kara, the boys. Kara, the other question
0: I had uh, on along those lines, um, or along your services, have you seen girls come out of your service and kind of uh, lean into content creation? Like you said, they have to be interested and engaged in it.
3: Um, it's that- too new. It's too new for me to, to tell you at this point. Um. I only started really pushing branding, I would say in the last couple of months. And and I'll explain several years ago, I've always kind of been ahead. I was building websites for clients several years ago. And I was working with a graphic designer who was creating custom logos and we were doing all this work. And the girls were just, not all about it I was just way too ahead of the times and so um so I kind of pulled back and this time when the legislation passed for NIL I kind of sat and waited and I thought let me just wait and see like the articles start to come out and you know see what happens and now I gotta tell you like over the last few months that we've been doing it um we only have a few that are like pretty serious and it really has led me to wanting to empower and educate these young women. But um, at this stage of the game, I'm starting, to th- I'm doubling down on my own brand and starting yep. to expand on my own brand rather than trying to convince an athlete that this is what they should do. Yep. Um, you have to really want it, it takes a lot of time. Yep.
0: The word you used earlier was intentional. Uh-huh. Right? This stuff does not happen by accident. It mm-hmm. is intentional. And like you said, it is a lot of work, uh, mm-hmm. which is why you exist, right? And that's because if it was easy, everybody would do it. And they, Absolutely. They
2: everybody would wear the red hat.
3: Yeah. Um, I'm relentless and I have a drive that most people don't quite understand. That's just- you have
0: to in social and yeah. it's, and it's ever That's- changing. Just like you mentioned with the Instagram, the hashtags changing, the mm-hmm. algorithms always change. It's always evolving. So you, it's amazing to have somebody like you to shepherd Absolutely. athletes through that and through that Absolutely. environment, those
4: different platforms. Yeah.
3: Mm-hmm. Thanks for that.
4: Yeah, I have, uh, a, uh, I have a different kind of question, if I may. Uh, you said that you're relentless, you know, so I can imagine, you know, you're at these tournaments, and there I go, talking my hands again, sorry. Uh, <laughs> I got to put those down, they start disappearing. <laughs> uh, but, you know, you go to these tournaments, you're around all these people, you're in these different environments. So I read on your website that you're introverted. I'm also introverted. And, uh, you know, for me, uh, well, I'll tell you about mine later. But I'm curious about for you, you know, when you're relentless like this, you're at these tournaments, you're meeting all these people, all these face-to-face engagements. How do you recover?
3: So I, it takes a lot out of me. First off, um, I'm kind of a weird introvert, extrovert. I have extroverted qualities, um, but I have a lot of introverted qualities too. I have um, bad social anxiety. Believe it or not. So when I go to the tournaments, um, people sometimes approach, and I don't always look approachable. I try really hard <laughs> to look approachable because it's not my intention. But um, sometimes I look I know, like <laughs> stern or or like like not approachable, and it's not my intent at all. Um, sometimes I'm like super sweaty and like really nervous. And just... <laughs> it's, uh, th- what happened after COVID it's starting to lessen. Um, I felt like it started to get a bit better this past season, maybe by March or April. Um, at the beginning of the season, I was having a really difficult time. I, my brand grew tremendously on TikTok. And so there were so many young girls that were coming up that were wanting to take pictures. And I was so flattered and, and beyond humble, beyond grateful. I mean, to get to this place where people are super excited to see you is just like, I can't even tell you how cool yeah. that is and yeah. how grateful I am. Um, but when they're coming up to approach you like it can be a little, it can, it can, it's, it takes yeah. you back a little bit. And then, um, kind of walking by and hearing like chatter, if you will. So it, it started to really, it started to really freak me out. And then I would say like March or April last year, I started to really just kind of chill and relax.
2: Mm-hmm. But oh.
3: by the end of the, like by the end of the day, I am, toast like (laughs) it's exhausting and when i come home from a tournament weekend i usually can't take calls that next day um a lot out of me i'm still working but i won't necessarily get on the phone and take client calls and deal with that kind of stuff i usually have to work on other other things just to kind of cover a bit so
0: that's it Carrie, you and you and I could hang out. There's a reason I'm the video dad, is so I can hide behind the camera. <laughs> <laughs> I've You sound when you were describing yourself. I was like, that's exactly check, what Jim
1: check. told us yeah. like, a year right. and a half ago. This is exactly how it is. It's funny. Yep.
4: Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, It's yeah, um, I, have, I work in sales, and when I first went into a sales role, I remember being at a huge convention. There's probably like 2,500 to 3,000 people, mm. and the first night is like a social gathering, and I'm sitting around with. You know, my my coworkers were also working sales and we were having dinner and then the social event was going to start. And I remember I was sweating not profusely, just sweating, <laughs> thinking in about half an hour, these guys are going to get up and walk out into that crowd and just start randomly talking to people. And I'm going to be sitting over here like, what am I supposed to do? I don't understand this. And uh, it, it got me. And uh, but, you know, like you, you know, you grew into it mm-hmm. over time. Uh, If you were to listen to the stories these guys share, they talk about, you know, the growth that I had, the way I started to accept it and grow into it. Still introverted. If I travel and I'm gone for three or four days and have multiple calls throughout the day, um, by the time I get home, I set my schedule up so that I'm in the gym by myself, hour and a half to two hours for the next one to two days, just because I don't want to be around people. I need to work this energy off. Mm -hmm. Even though I'm drained, I'm trying to work it off so that I can get back to being on the phone, scheduling those next face-to-faces, getting on the next Zoom call or or teens call or whatever. It's crazy uh, to to do that. But uh, I just want to get your perspective on it because I read that on your Mm -hmm. website and appreciate you sharing your your story.
3: Yeah. Alcohol is very helpful. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
1: That's awesome. Yeah, this- Kara, I had one yeah. other question in regards to like the, um, the the tournaments themselves, the convention centers, and the tournaments. Do they welcome you in with arms? Have you ever had any issues with with them not wanting you there, or having any issues with causing like confusion or anything like that with you know your fame?
3: Um, I haven't had any issues about anybody not. Well, I mean, look, there's plenty of people that don't like me or don't like what I do. What? it well, I
1: mean, doesn't make any uh,
3: sense. That's
1: yeah,
3: out the door. But when it comes to the tournaments themselves, I haven't had any issues about um about not being able to be like in there or we we haven't had any issues. That's good.
0: Cool. There's
3: there's there's a, um, you know, we always pay for our we always pay for our entrance. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's some tournaments now that we have a media site. We launched the media site in April, which is new. So having the media site has been.
1: What is the media uh, site? Those that, it's,
3: oh. it's VBallRecruiter.com.
1: Oh, I see what you're saying. The
3: website. Yeah. So
1: gotcha.
3: we that that website, the Ball recruiter website, is actually like our news site. My my college recruiting site is MyRecruitingSolutions.com. My media site is VBallRecruiter.com. So on VBall Recruiter, we post stories and cover all the various events that are going on around the country. We do national player rankings. Um, we do player watch lists. We do all kinds of stuff on there. So that site is a news site. And because we're content creators and we're going in and we're writing articles and we're doing video content, for the most part, the tournament organizers are stoked that we're there because I have mm-hmm. such a strong following that mm-hmm. it helps them. Um, so I haven't had any issues when it comes to them. Um, the girls get really excited when we create content and we're sharing content across our our social channels too. So they're usually super excited to you know have us like out there and Mm -hmm. and creating all kinds of fun stuff
0: so you you mentioned that there were some people who weren't necessarily happy with you you don't have (laughs) to give any specifics but have you had encounters at tournaments where people weren't happy that their kid wasn't on a list or something along those lines
3: Mm. oh i'm sure that that's happened there's there's people that you know there's there's different schools of thought on recruiting and recruiting services as a whole. Mm -hmm. So there are certainly, you know, there's certainly individuals that have a serious problem that um, I run a recruiting service or that I own it. I don't run it at this point, but I own it. Um, And so there's a lot of people that, you know, don't necessarily love that aspect. Um, And so I think that's where the biggest controversy comes from at least in my world
0: um, interesting
3: yeah
0: I, I can't imagine
2: i, it I mean maybe me a that rivalry
0: if somebody has a competing business model but i mean there's, there's but i mean businesses
2: at the end of the day business is business and yeah. i mean at the end of the day mcdonald's and wendy's ain't throwing hands you know so <laughs> i
0: don't know they have on twitter There's got, there's been some beef that's oh, me. I got well, I see you that's, that's all I see for you marketing do, and branding. I'm sure. dad joke. All right, I got a dad joke here. <laughs> uh, so, Kara, is it is it all right if we come up and say hi to you at a tournament?
3: Yes, and wear your well, don't wear your red yeah. hat. Don't. You yeah. sure? Yeah, we, you bring, i cannot um,
0: pull off the hat like you can, so I'm I'm good. Yeah. I, I feel like a monkey. <laughs> I'm there, there is, is a
3: there's a grandfather hey. that. Goes to tournaments. He's actually a Santa, and he wears a a red hat at tournaments. And we selfied at an event, and I'm like, "This is the imposter." This <laughs> old, old grandpa
2: you should make a video where you put the uh what is that game that the kids all play that you talked about? The imposter. Come on, help one of y'all know. Help me out. I, uh, I'm, I'm, Among I'm, us, you heard you oh, you've heard this. Yeah. yeah. You make a make a video with the uh, with that music in there about him being the imposter. <laughs> yes.
0: This awesome. uh, Kara, this has been fantastic. Uh, oh yeah. for awesome. right around time. Uh, like I'm kind of blown away by how much I've learned in the last you know 45, 50 minutes. Uh, yes. It's really appreciate you joining us and and sharing what you do and what your team does uh, with athletes. Uh, it has been a lot to learn and a lot to process. And I, I do hope people reach out to you um, for more information and education.
1: Yep.
3: Yeah,
0: I think there's a lot of opportunity here.
1: And then just a quick promo, if you want to punch in any social sites that you want to promote real quick.
3: Um, v Recruiter on and pretty much vball ball Recruiter. Right. Everywhere. Yeah. TikTok vball Recruiter 09 because somebody had taken the name when I decided. Imagine
0: to- that. Yeah. Well, and you have a podcast now, too, right?
3: I do. I have one under the hat, and then I have another one that's actually launching soon, um, which will be Lady in the Red Hat. And that is going to be on um, women empowerment. I'm actually going to be interviewing moms that are working Mm. moms that have athletes that may have been athletes, um, but also are juggling it all and like trying to find uh. different life hacks. I've got three kids and I travel a lot, so um, I'm just gonna go down a different path mm-hmm. here and expand. And yeah, I'm excited about that. It.
2: What was that new one that's gonna launch called?
3: It's called Lady in the Red Hat. Ah, so and
0: don't forget your girl dads if you need a little. Uh, girl dad support for for empowerment because i am all about my two babies they are amazing amazing
3: yeah our goal is to um our goal is to interview people that have had athletes on the other side you know after they've actually gone through college Mm -hmm. and Uh, now they're out in the real world and what did you learn like what do you if when you look back now, like, what do you think? And what did you learn? and Well, that's the-
0: going to be cool. Yeah. I can't wait to hear. Yeah. I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, that's going to be that. interesting. Same. Yeah, that'll
3: be fun. So, well, thanks Great. for having me on. I appreciate yes. it. it,
1: was it was awesome. Thank, Thank you so much. much. And then yeah. For everybody else that's watching, make sure you go over to the video, uh, or not the video, Volleyball Dad's uh, Facebook group. That's on, <laughs> that's over there. And then if you guys are still watching, please like, comment, and subscribe and it's been Don't a, forget it's our been a ride.
0: our Spotify and yeah, Apple and Podcast. Get, yeah. podcasts, get, all your, get, every, get all your podcasts, podcasts.
2: in there. Yep. yep. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Awesome. Awesome. Amazing show. Thank all right. Thank you everyone. Thank you. Have a great night. Thank you guys. Appreciate.